This episode of Babies, Bumps, and Bullshit deals with postpartum depression, psychosis, and anxiety, as well as other mental health chat. If you're not in the headspace to listen to something like that right now, maybe take a pass and we'll see you next week. Welcome to Babies, Bumps, and Bullshit. I am your host, Janella Edwards, owner of Reclaim Maternity Baby Kids, a secondhand and sustainable maternity baby kids shop located in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. If you want to shop us, you can do so in-store or online at reclaimsaskatoon.ca. We carry premium up to 5T and maternity extra extra small up to 5X, and we would love to pack an order for you. Today, I am joined by no one. I am doing this podcast solo because we're going to touch on something that you're just going to listen to me talk for 45 minutes. <laughs> and Jay. Um, May 3rd is National, Provincial, and Civic Perinatal Mental Health Day. We recently had it declared in our city. And if you are listening from a major center in Canada, you likely had it declared there in your city as well. There is a woman named Flora who I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, um, but this podcast is going to touch on postpartum depression and anxiety, what to look for, what to kind of prepare yourself for, because it's feelings are going to happen, man. You're going to have hormones. You're going to cry for no reason. You're going to be mad at your tits. You're going to be mad at your husband. You're going to be mad at the baby sometimes, and that is normal. And that's typical, but there are some things that we might need to intervene on. Um, So I'm just going to dive right in. So the birth of a baby can start a variety of powerful emotions from excitement and joy and fear and anxiety, but it can also result in something you might not expect, depression. And it can occur while you're pregnant, postpartum, maybe two years down the line. So most moms experience postpartum baby blues after childhood after childhood, <laughs> preach, after childbirth. And that's kind of what it was referred to 10, 20, 30 years ago. It was, oh, I've got the weepies, when really it was, I have postpartum depression and need to talk to a therapist. Um, typically include mood splings, crying spells, anxiety, difficulty sleeping. I mean, tell me someone with a newborn baby or even a toddler who's like, yeah, I sleep great. And if you do, I low-key hate you, but I'm really happy for you. Um, Baby blues usually begin like first two to three days after delivery and they can last for up to two weeks. And that first, that first two months with a baby, like the fourth trimester is real and no one, there's no books. Well, there might be books now, but there's not a lot of you know, resources. It's, oh, we're nesting. And, oh, now I'm in preterm labor and I'm just glowing. And now we're in our afterglow and we're just excited. And like deep down inside, you might be like, oh my God, somebody help me. My asshole is bleeding. And it's a lot. And no one talks about that. And we're talking about it. Um, Some new birth people experience more severe, long lasting form of depression known as postpartum depression. And it's sometimes referred to as perinpartum or perinatal depression because it can start during pregnancy and continue after childbirth. Um, And rarely, and what we're going to talk about today as well, uh, an extreme mood disorder called postpartum psychosis can also develop. Um, Postpartum depression is not a character flaw or a weakness. Sometimes it's simply a complication of giving birth. If you have postpartum depression, Prompt treatment can help you manage your symptoms and help you bond with your baby as well as your partner. Um, Being a person in 2023 is stressful. Shit is expensive. Okay. 
Shit is expensive. The economy is garbage. Finding daycare is almost impossible. Have you bought bananas lately? You can buy bananas or you can send your firstborn to college. You can't do both. You can't do both in this world. Um, And so (laughs) if you're feeling just overwhelming stress, just in general, you're not alone. And then maybe you're pregnant and then maybe you have a baby and maybe, you know, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. People, it's a lot. I want to touch on the symptoms of perinatal depression. Um, They can range from mild to severe, but these are some of the kind of typical baby blues symptoms that are typical. You've probably felt these. It's when they are exacerbated, when they last for a long time, when they're intense, they interfere with your ability to care for your baby and handle other daily tasks. That's when we need to maybe intervene. But these are some of the kind of standard vibes that you're going to feel after you have a baby other than vaginal pain. Mood swings, anxiety, sadness, irritability, feeling overwhelmed, crying, reduced concentration, appetite problems, trouble sleeping. Sound familiar? Those, you know, first few weeks, first month or so, makes sense. Sometimes postpartum depression doesn't hit you for like six months because you're like, birth was good. I enjoyed my birth. I enjoyed my pregnancy. I'm enjoying the squishy little potato that now lives with us. And six months down the line, when you're doing the same goddamn thing every day and you're listening to simple songs, snowflake, snowflake, little snowflake, it gets to a person. Okay. We're going to talk about longer symptoms and what kind of a typical postpartum depression might look like. And these are things that are good to discuss, not only with yourself and look at these and just think, okay, this is a good checklist to kind of refer back to and do a check-in with my mental health. And it's also important that if you have a partner or a support system or, you know, your little village, as we call, um, that these people are also aware of this checklist. They can say, hey, you know what? I've been noticing that you're not eating a whole lot and you seem like you're kind of isolating yourself. Let's chat. Um, Because... Becoming a new parent is really, really hard, Um, and it's important that we have people in our camp to advocate for us. So postpartum depression may be mistaken for baby blues at first. The symptoms are more intense. They last longer. Like I said, they might interfere with your ability to care for your baby and handle other tasks. Um, We'll go down the list of postpartum depression symptoms included but not limited to, and this may begin earlier during pregnancy or later. Um, In my personal opinion, you are postpartum from the minute that baby exits your voohoo-hoo until they move out of your house. So if you have a 25-year-old at home with you, then you're 25 years postpartum. Are you doing okay? Postpartum depression symptoms may include depressed mood or severe mood swings, crying too much, difficulty bonding with your baby, withdrawn from family and friends, loss of appetite or eating much more than usable, inability to sleep, insomnia, sleeping too much, overwhelmed tiredness or loss of energy, less interest in pleasure and activities you used to enjoy, intense irritability and anger, fear that you are not a good mother or you're disappointing your family, hopelessness, feelings of worthlessness, shame, guilt, or inadequacy, reduced ability to think clearly, concentrate, or make decisions, restlessness, severe anxiety and panic attacks, thoughts of harming yourself or your baby, recurring thoughts of death or suicide, and intrusive thoughts. Um, I'm going to also add postpartum depression slash anxiety because these are all also, (laughs) I feel like 
this is not an exhaustive list and this is perfectly describes postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, untreated postpartum depression may last for months or longer. So it's really important that you talk to your people, talk to your people. It's important that your partner knows this list. Your support group knows this list. Whoever you have in your corner knows this list. Um, because it's incredibly important to have other people around you. Like I'm noticing that you just seem really angry lately. And you're not eating, you're not eating very much. Let's talk about that. Um, because especially in the first few months of a new baby's life and, you know, maybe you're nursing, maybe you're pumping, maybe you're formula feeding, you know, you're sanitizing bottles and you're sanitizing pacifiers and you're trying to find that stupid fucking bear that your kid can only sleep with the one bear with the eye that fell off. And it's like, where is the bear? Um, it's a lot to think about. (laughs) And so it's really important to have people check on you and, you know, advocate for you. Postpartum psychosis is a bit different. It's a rare condition that usually develops within the first week after delivery, and the symptoms are severe. Um, And as we'll chat about with Flora in a few minutes, her postpartum psychosis didn't happen within the first week after delivery. It was a little bit further on. So um, feeling lost and confused, having obsessive thoughts about your baby, hallucinating and having delusions, having sleep problems, having too much energy and feeling upset, feeling paranoid, making attempts to harm yourself or your baby. Postpartum psychosis might lead to life-threatening thoughts or behaviors and requires immediate treatment. If you or anyone in your circle are could be described as this, it's important that you intervene right away, um, check on them, check on their support person, Um, and if the situation warrants it, if you're super concerned about their safety or their baby's safety, it doesn't hurt to have professionals involved. Um, and when there is real concern, call 911. If, if you're, if you're concerned for yourself or your baby or your friend, there are professionals there that will come and help you. Um, when to see a doctor, If you're feeling depressed after your baby's birth, you might be reluctant or embarrassed to admit it. Um, But if you experience symptoms of postpartum baby blues or postpartum depression, it's important that you talk with your GP, your primary health care provider, your OB, your gynecologist. If you have symptoms that suggest you may have postpartum psychosis, like I said, get help immediately. Um, No doctor is going to turn you away. Well, get help immediately. Um... Just a kind of little checklist. If your symptoms don't fade after two weeks, are getting worse, make it hard for you to care for your baby, make it hard to complete everyday tasks, include thoughts of harming yourself or your baby. These are important things. Um, These are important things. And I often find that the six-week checkup is not enough. As soon as that baby is born, they have a weekly checkup. They have a checkup like 48 hours after they're born. Say, How are you going? What kind of weight did you gain? What kind of weight did you lose? What's your skin tone? Are we jaundiced? How are things going? Mom, how are you sleeping? Not well. Ha 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 ha. We'll see you next week for babies. One week well checkup. It should be the other way around. It really should be. How's mom? How are you doing? How are you eating? How much weight have you gained? How much weight have you lost? What are you eating? How much are you sleeping? All these things should be checked in on. 
and this is a little bit off topic, but I was watching, I was scrolling my Facebook the other day and this video came up and it was mom and she lived in Brooklyn, I believe, with her partner. And she said, we just had our baby and we're checking into a postpartum spa. And I thought, well, goddamn, good for you. And it was an inclusive spa where you went after you had your baby and there were baby classes and there was mental health support and there was catering. My God, there was catering. And I thought, why, why is that? Why, why is that only for the rich? <laughs> it just made me mad. Anyway, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about flora. So like I mentioned um, earlier, the 3rd of May is Perinatal Mental Health Day. And this walk, this is the second year that it's happening. Um, this isn't this isn't new. This isn't a new story. This isn't an old story. This is a story that happens all the time. Um, so I'm going to tell Flora's story. And I think it's important that... I think it's important that her story is told. Um, because it's really important. Flora's lifelong dream was to be a mother. At 44 years old, after fertility treatments, Flora, a single mom by choice of Toronto, Ontario, finally and happily became pregnant. Her sister Mimi told us, however, although Flora was very overjoyed to be pregnant, she was also very anxious throughout her pregnancy and would often call Mimi concerned about the health of her baby. She was deemed a high-risk pregnancy because she had diabetes, and she would call the hospital weekly asking for ultrasounds to make sure everything was okay. Mimi kept trying to reassure Flora that once she had Amber, she would be so happy and everything would be well. Mimi wished Flora would have received help for her anxiety during her pregnancy. I wish someone had seen how overly anxious and upset she was, Mimi told us. She never told me that anyone assessed her or asked about her mental health. Mimi believes her sister struggled with mental health issues her whole life. At age 39, Flora, a chartered accountant, was diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, due to past events in her life and went on medication. When she started trying to get pregnant, however, she stopped taking her medication for fear that it would harm her baby. No one told her otherwise. Flora gave birth to Amber via a scheduled C-section at 37 weeks on November 4th, 2021. Flora was so happy. She was ecstatic, Mimi told us. She was showing us Amber. She was telling us how amazing she felt. She couldn't believe she had a beautiful, healthy baby girl. She was on cloud nine, on top of the world, just really, really happy. When Flora didn't return Mimi's calls the next few days, Mimi thought Flora was just busy being a new mom. But when Flora eventually called Mimi three days later, Mimi started to get worried. She was hysterical absolutely hysterical, Mimi told us. She was really upset, really angry. She went from one extreme to another in just three days. That's when Mimi learned that Flora was suffering from severe edema and needed to stay at the hospital for treatment. Mimi thought Flora was upset due to the physical struggles she was experiencing and hoped Flora would be better emotionally once her edema was under control. Looking back on it now, however, a lot of it was probably mental, Mimi told us. It wasn't just something physical. It was also her mental health. She definitely wasn't diagnosed and she definitely wasn't taking medication. 
A few days later, Flora was sent home with Amber, but had to return to the hospital a short time later as her edema had worsened. This time, she stayed a total of two weeks and wasn't able to see Amber at all during the time. We were in a pandemic, Mimi said. Flora felt so alone. She wasn't doing well emotionally, mentally, and physically. When Flora did eventually return home, she was reunited with Amber. A nurse would visit her every couple days to administer IV medication, and her physical condition began to improve. Though it seemed like Flora was on the mend physically, Mimi noticed that mentally Flora seemed to be distancing herself from Amber. She didn't want to change her diapers, and she didn't really want to feed her that much, Mimi told us. But Flora never really expressed at the time that she was feeling really upset in any way. The only indication that we had was that she was quite disconnected from the baby. Weeks went by. Then, just over two months after Flora gave birth to Amber, and only three days before Flora tragically passed away, Flora suddenly messaged Mimi, asking to speak to her sister urgently. Mimi, Flora told Mimi that she couldn't say much other than that her life was over and she was going to jail. She said people were watching her. Her computer had been hacked. Her apartment and her phone were bugged and that she would have to leave very soon. She told Mimi that she had transferred money to her sister because she was afraid someone was going to hack into her bank account. I had absolutely no idea what was going on, Mimi said. Mimi told Flora that she would call her the next day to help her figure out what was going on. But before she could do that, Flora called Mimi the next day herself and apologized for her behavior on the phone the previous evening. She said she was just really tired and not to worry and that everything was fine. I was in shock, said Mimi. How do you go from one extreme to the other like that? Mimi kept asking Flora if she was sure she was okay. And Flora kept saying she was completely fine. I promise everything's okay said Flora. I love you so much. I love you too, Mimi replied. It was the last time Mimi ever spoke to her sister. I didn't know anything about postpartum psychosis, said Mimi. I had only ever heard about postpartum depression. Postpartum psychosis happens to approximately one to two in a thousand women. It's one of the rarest perinatal mental illnesses along with perinatal illness spectrum and is a medical emergency that requires immediate attention. Symptoms can include paranoia, hyperactivity, rapid mood swings, and delusions or strange beliefs. Mimi spoke to her mom, and her mom said that she, her dad, and a few friends also noticed Flora's strange behavior that week and were trying to get Flora help. They tried enrolling her in a perinatal mental health program, but Flora didn't want to see a healthcare professional because she was afraid Amber would be taken away from her. Flora's family managed to speak with a doctor over the phone on Thursday, I made an appointment for Flora to see the doctor in person on Monday. Tragically, on Friday, the next day after her family spoke with her doctor, Flora died by suicide. That was January 14th, 2022, two months and 10 days after Flora gave birth to Amber. She was so close to getting help, Mimi told us. I don't think there was ever a proper assessment of any kind, and I'm shocked as well, because when she did call me from the hospital three days later, she was hysterical surrounded by doctors and nurses and I thought well everyone's assessing her physical health why aren't they checking on her mental health that should be part of it I feel like the system doesn't treat it perinatal mental illness with as much importance as it should have said Mimi it wasn't until this happened that I realized how many women go through this and it's so important to raise awareness when the Canadian perinatal mental health collaborative learned of Flora's story 
We were heartbroken and vowed to help Flora's family and ensure that we work to improve our perinatal mental health care in Canada. Through Flora's Walk for Perinatal Mental Health, we're raising funds for little Amber, who will be adopted by Mimi, set to give birth herself in April, and for the CPMHC to continue our advocacy and awareness work. Flora would be so proud of the awareness that she's raising for other people. She would love that you are doing this in her honor. This story is so tragic and so common. Life is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Reach out if you need help. Reach out if you need a friend. And if you are in Saskatoon, if you are in Barrie, Ontario, Ottawa, Saskatoon, Hamilton, St. Catharines, St. John's, London, Whitby, Halifax, Fredericton, Austin, Nipissing, St. Claude, Winnipeg, this is so cool, Toronto, Northumberland, Penticton, Montreal, Nanaimo, Peterborough, Lloydminster, Newmarket, Sudbury, Ottawa, Red Deer, Niagara, Victoria, Aurelia, come out and walk with us on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. Bring your baby, bring your bum. We want to see you walking. We want to see you there. And if you can't make it, find a friend, go for a walk, call your local healthcare professional. Shit's hard, but we can do this together. Thank you for listening to Babies, Bumps, and Bullshit, and I hope you have a great day.